Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to episode 227 of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. It has been estimated that almost 2.5 million people around the world suffer from multiple sclerosis, a disabling neurological condition that is more prevalent the farther north you are from the equator. You can develop MS at any age, but most people receive diagnoses between the ages of 20 and 50. And surprisingly, Canada has the highest rate of MS in the world. Researchers and neurologists still can't say with certainty what causes MS. The ultimate cause of MS is damage to myelin, nerve fibers, and neurons in the brain and spinal cord. Together, these make up the central nervous system. Researchers speculate that a combination of genetic and environmental factors are at play, but it's not fully understood how. And joining us from South Wales to tell his story of multiple sclerosis is Chris Riley. Chris, good of you to do this. Thanks very much. Good morning, Borada. Thank you for inviting me on again. When you were diagnosed with MS, what were some of the symptoms you were experiencing prior to your diagnosis? Um, I was the first noticeable symptom was something that is common, commonly referred to as foot drop. Um, it's when you're walking along and and you go to lift your leg to walk as you normally would, but your foot just drops to the floor limply. Uh, that was really the first symptom that was noticeable. Um, after that, I was starting to lose my balance. I was slurring. Um, I didn't realize I was slurring. Other people thought I had a drinking problem. Um, it got that bad. Um, but the reason all these symptoms came to the forefront is because I'd been consuming cannabis uh, for many, many years, but I decided that I needed to be on a bit of a health kick. So I stopped consuming cannabis and all my symptoms appeared. So I'd been obviously medicating and masking my symptoms for years without realizing. Now, when you had those symptoms, the, the foot drop and the slurring, what did you think it was at the time? At the time, I ignored it. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't really uh, aware of the slurring, but the foot drop, I, I put it down to cycling injuries. I, I used to cycle hundreds and hundreds of miles every week. Uh, I was an avid mountain biker. So I'd had a few accidents, which was par for the course, and, and I assumed that it was just um, cycling injuries that took a long time to, 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 to clear up. But mm, looking back now, it obviously wasn't. It was, uh, it was MS. Chris, when you said you were using uh, cannabis already, in what form were you using it at that point? Um, 
I mean, I was using it socially just to just to just for enjoyment, and I was predominantly smoking it. Smoking that's it. all. Yeah, that's mm. all I knew. That's all I knew. Okay. Uh, and um, when I was smoking it back then, I was consuming it with tobacco, which right. was. Uh, which was the norm because when I started consuming uh, cannabis products in the 80s, it was all cannabis, all, all we could get was cannabis, uh, well, hash, what we call, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't even hash, it was soap bar, it was really low grade. I remember opening bars of hash that had plastic bags in them. And oh, all yeah. Of, oh, yeah, proper old school, cheap <laughs> and cheerful hash. And even the plastic uh, wasn't high grade plastic either. No, no, it, it wasn't. It was. I remember opening it and taking out shopping bags and like reading the shopping bags, trying to work out what country that had been made in, because that's where the shopping bags were from. It was. Uh, it was. A, uh, it wasn't a good way to 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 source your 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 cannabis and to regionalize it, but. I mean, that's all that we had back mm-hmm. in the 80s. Uh, hash hash then was, well, it, what people call hash now and what we called hash then, it's, uh, they're worlds and worlds apart. Hash nowadays is glorious. Chris, there, uh, there are various types of MS. What type do you have? I have. I have the golden ticket. I have <laughs> primary progressive MS um ppms basically what that means is that my disease is uh on a on a continual downhill slope there's no let up from my symptoms so when i get a symptom and a disability i'm stuck with it um my brain my brain damage is progressive so in in retrospect what it means in i mean in everyday uh, life is this now while I'm talking to you will be the best that I will ever be again. Now, we talked to you a couple of years ago, just over two years ago, May of 2017. Yeah. How, how have you, um, how has it developed over the last two years? I don't drive anymore. Uh, I'm a full time wheelchair user now. I live in a specially adapted property. Uh, to help me with my disability, uh, I mean the 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 difference is chalk and cheese. I mean it's looking back at it. I mean two years ago I was I was more independent because I could drive. I could I could do what I want. Um, Beth, my wife, uh, worked full time. Um, now she's my full time carer. So she doesn't work. So yeah, I, it, it's uh, the change has been. Although I don't see it day to day, when I look back at that two-year period, um, it's changed quite significantly. It's my progression in my disease. I've gone from living a normal life to to the life I lead now in five years. So yeah, it's quite a rapid deterioration. And you've been using cannabis throughout? Yes, I yeah. have. Yeah. Um, 
I guess the well, question, I, I, sorry, Chris, I guess the question I have for you is do, how, I mean, I guess there's really no way of knowing, but I wonder where you would be today if you hadn't been using cannabis for the past two years. Dead. Mm. I honestly believe, well, no, it's, I've been using cannabis for five years, not two. Um, I honestly believe that um, I'd be in a, a, a lot worse place. I don't. I've had a huge battle with the medical community in this country. Uh, I found out only a couple of weeks ago um, that I'm perceived as being an angry stoner that just wants free weed off the government. Um, and that came from a specialist consultant, those words. Wow. Um, it's disgusting. I've never, ever, ever begged them for anything, I did, to be perfectly honest. The cannabis that I can access is a far higher quality than any medical cannabis will ever be. Um, so they completely tarred me with that brush because it it's made it easy for them because there's no cure, there's no treatment for me. Um, they're, half, they're happy to offer me lots and lots of medications that will treat my side effects, which in turn have side, side effects. effects. Some of those include death. Um, the ultimate opiate, side effect. Yeah, opiate-based medication works on the same regulatory system as your breathing. So if you overdose on an opiate, chances are you might stop breathing. Last time I checked, most people that stopped breathing died. Yeah, rumor has it that happens. Yeah. Chris, and what, uh, what form are you uh, using cannabis? Do you just smoke it, or do you do edibles? Do you do oil? How much do you do? Okay, I, uh, I'm, I'm tobacco-free now. I don't consume tobacco, so I smoke cannabis. I Every day I have available to me a one-to-one -one tincture. Um, I have FICO. I, don't, I tend not to consume edibles because... I don't, for my disease and me as a person, I like to be able to control how high I am and how much cannabis I need um, with edibles that you can sometimes just be in the lap of the gods, depending yeah. on how strong they are. That's exactly um, my feeling, re-edibles. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I take, uh, every day I take a cannabis tincture uh, sublingually under my tongue. Do you know how strong uh, that tincture is? Can I ask you that? Yes, I do know exactly how strong it is. Um, it's uh, it's a hundred. Hang on, let me get the bottle. As he looks, oh, it's one hundred and thirty-five meg of CBD and THC. I think or was it thirteen point five? Hang on, let me just try and get. I need to go and get the bottle. Hang on, I might sure. finish one. I'll be back now, oh, as he rolls off into the distance. <laughs> Beth, can you get me a bottle of tincture, please? What? Can you get me a bottle of tincture? Yes. Um, hey, Chris, is, has, your, has your wife developed uh, an accent yet? No. No, she's still American. <laughs> oh, well, you okay. know what? Just listening to her in the background, she has. You you probably don't notice it. Yeah, she has. She's definitely got a British accent. Actually, what has happened is I'm from the South, and I don't sound very Southern anymore. <laughs> no, no, you don't. So no, you've you kind don't. of balanced out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, we, when, 
when we first met, it was it. My life was like the soundtrack to Deliverance. Oh, <laughs> 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 right. Uh, the basic tincture that I've got is that it, it is 132 meg of THC and 135 meg of CBD. So, so do, you, do you know what percent uh, THC and CBD it is? Uh, I don't know the percentages. I can mm. find out for you. But yeah, just curious because people ask that sort of thing. Yeah, per drop, it's got 0.6 meg of THC and the same of CBD. Thank you. But I don't know. I don't know what percentage. I'm not good with. Uh, Percentages, but yeah, I'm no, also, I've also got um, the same people that supply me with this, supply me with um, a golden, a new golden tincture, um, which is, uh, I mean, it's incredible. It, it, it's been made because we have testing facilities have been made available to us. Um, so we tested some Sativex and what the guys at the Tottenham Compassion Club have been able to do now is replicate that exactly. Um, so they can produce exactly the same as Sativex without the alcohol, which is incredible because I consumed Sativex for quite a considerable amount of time uh, and it caused so many detrimental side effects. I had to stop consuming it. So I needed something to replace it. So for, for listeners who don't know, that's the pharmaceutical version of cannabis. Yeah, Sativex is basically uh, a one-to-one cannabis tincture made by GW Pharmaceuticals, who are in the UK. They happen to be the largest producer of cannabis for medicine in the world now. Um so they make that, sell it to the NHS at a huge profit. They're, they're actually floated on the NASDAQ. They're not floated on the British Stock Exchange. They're floated on the NASDAQ. Um, they're worth billions of dollars. Um, the largest shareholder is uh, Philip May, who happens to be Theresa May's Miss, husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's, I mean, the hypocrisy is laughable. They're making billions of pounds off the sale of cannabis, which is grown and processed in the UK, while people in the UK can't get access unless you've got money in your pocket and you can go and buy yourself a private prescription for cannabis. But it works out at about... It's over twenty pounds a gram. It's ridiculous. Mm. So what's uh, a, what's a typical day look like for you, Chris? When you when you wake up in the morning, like, do you have a certain protocol that you do each day, or does it vary from day to day? No, it's pretty much standard, Corey. To be honest, I uh, when I wake, um, I only ever get the maximum of sleep I get is three and a half hours in one go. If I'm lucky. I can go to bed at night, get three and a half hours, wake up, medicate, and then go back to sleep for another three and a half hours. But when I finally wake up for the day, uh, some days I wake up screaming in pain with cramp. Mm. Um, and if I'm lucky, I don't. But I'm completely almost constricted into a ball. I look like a T-Rex that's rolled into a ball. 
what I need to do then is to get cannabinoids into my system as quickly as possible. <clears throat> I'm blessed that I have um, some vape carts, some shatter vape carts. So basically I can puff away on them. So that's like having dabs. Uh, so that's just basically pure extract and, and terpenes. That releases my body enough to the point where I can get something to drink, I can get something to eat, then I can take my pharmaceutical medication and my vitamins and supplements, um, then my body starts to relax and then I can consume cannabis, I can have a few joints, I can have a dab if I need to, and that process just carries on through the day. I, I just top up as I need to. It, if I'm, People talk about wake and bake, but if I'm awake, I'm baked. Uh, people don't see me in pain and they don't see me not stoned very often because it's not, uh, it's not pleasant. And I was ill recently and got transported to hospital by ambulance twice in four days. And one of my good friends, Luke, saw me uh, in an unmedicated uh, state and he it scared him but it was good that he saw it because like he said he forgets how well I manage my MS uh, because he sees me medicated all the time uh, it's it's not a nice it's not a nice thing and do you know what I I hear people all the time say, oh, you're an MS warrior, this, that, and the other, and I'm really not. I have a diagnosis of MS, but Beth's the one that lives with it. Um, she's the one that sees sees the, the horrible, crippling disease that it is. She's the one that sees the look of pain and anguish on my face. Um, I'm struggling at the moment to try and get some help from the National Health Service. Um, they've been reluctant to give me any support because I choose to consume cannabis. Um, and it seems to be a big issue for them that they don't want to prescribe or help me because I consume cannabis. Um, that's because of lack of education. Um, and the very fact that medics get maybe half a day on the endocannabinoid system in a seven-year medical degree. So... It's, it's banging our heads against a brick wall because at the moment all of these medics have grown up with prohibition so they believe the prohibitionist rhetoric um, and unfortunately unless they have an interest in genuinely helping people uh, they, they don't care they really don't care and it's, it's a crying shame and people like me fall through the gaps and we're ignored and we're cast aside as being just problematic, angry stoners. And that's about as far from the truth as you could possibly get. Chris, given your condition, how is your mental state? How do you handle your condition on a day-to-day -day basis mentally? My mental health fluctuates wildly. Um, 
and I I do recognise that I worked funnily enough in a in a in a former life in a former uh, when I was well I I worked in mental health uh, for many years so I so I actually recognise uh, the fluctuation in my mental health and how it deteriorates. I think what I've learned to do is accept that my mental health gets bad, but I have enough good people around me now to be able to to do something if it stays uh, if it stays bad for any significant amount of time. I think for me, being mentally unwell is a big part of acceptance, especially with MS. It's a process I need to go through. Um, it's the same as grieving, I suppose. I'm. It's just constantly grieving the loss of something or having to deal with a new disability. It's hard. It's hard. And there are techniques that I can employ uh, to CBD, CBT myself. Um, so I, I struggle with my mental health. I won't say on a daily basis. But out of a 12-month, I probably suffer from ill mental health for the majority, well over, well over six months, probably closer to eight months. Um, Is your MS, mental health better in the winter or the summer? Uh, it really doesn't make any difference. It doesn't either, make any difference, honest. yeah. Um, the MS is good. Yep. MS has got the highest recorded rates of uh, people being mentally unwell than than any 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 major disease. More than not not that it's a game and not that it's competition, um, but I guess it's the uncertainty of MS, not knowing uh, that tomorrow we could that I could wake up and it could all be gone. Uh, I could be in a vegetative state tomorrow. Not that I dwell on it. But I can understand the constant grieving, the constant loss that some people with MS get uh, can be really, really difficult. Um, and I guess that's why I hit the jackpot with the MS that I've got. It's it, 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 it's it's intrusive. I never get a let up. I don't get a day off. I'd love to have a day off. Um, but unfortunately, I don't get any time off from it. Chris, has a doctor ever uh, taken your vitamin D levels? Uh, no, I, I, I consume, I, well, I, I researched vitamin D levels uh, when I first got diagnosed, and I actually take D3 supplements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the, reason I, the reason I asked that question is because uh, I have a book, I was reading a book uh, a couple of months ago by Dr. Mark Sorensen, Vitamin D3 and Solar Power for Optimum Health. Yeah. And in that book, there is a chapter on MS. Yeah. And it says multiple sclerosis is up to 100 times more common in northern countries than equatorial countries. This is likely due to the difference in sunlight exposure and vitamin D. And uh, it says immigrants born in the sunny West Indies who later moved to the United Kingdom have only one-eighth the rate of MS as their children who are born in the UK. And it said women in the lowest fifth of vitamin D intake are 50% more likely to contract MS than those in the highest fifth. 
and high serum levels of vitamin D predict low levels of MS. And your climate is much the climate, much the same climate as we have here in British Columbia, coastal British Columbia, where in the winter um, we don't get much sunlight, we get lots of uh, rain, and yeah. um, MS has the highest rate. MS is most prevalent in Canada. So yep. that's why I asked you about your vitamin D3 levels, whether you consume vitamin D3 or whether a doctor has taken your levels or even suggested taking them and maybe given you a, sh- a huge shot of vitamin D3 to yeah, see if no, that would help you. Yeah, no, they've never, uh, they've never, they've never taken them. It's all the, the, the D3 I've taken from really, really early on in my diagnosis and I take quite a high, high level of it. I don't know how many UGs it is, but it's quite a high level. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? That, as you rightly say, the further away from the equator you are, the the higher the rates of MS. And being on a small island, we're quite far north, mm-hmm. uh, and we're the same as you. I mean, yeah, it gets in the in the winter. It's light for maybe six, seven hours a day. Um, but if it's raining and miserable, you don't go outside. So uh, it would be interesting to have a look at the correlation b- between people that work night shifts and, and rates of MS to see whether, because obviously those people wouldn't get sunlight either. Yeah, that's true. It, I don't know. It's it's a horrible, horrible disease and the worst thing is that there is no cure, there is no treatment for me. It's it's just a case of uh, treating the side effects, as I said. But and I guess that's why medics don't really know what to do with me. Um, they're quite happy to tell me what to do to make their lives easier. Um, but when you actually push back against that, and the last time I saw my pain specialist, she offered me eight grams of paracetamol a day and a liver function test. Uh, and I didn't want to be a chronic paracetamol user because that can kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was their first line response because I consume cannabis because I've always made it. Mm, I've, I've never made it a secret. The ridiculous thing is that before they wanted to provide me with Sativex, which is, as we know, medicinal cannabis, they wanted me to stop consuming cannabis. And I was like, well, no. Uh, And they were like, well, we'll have to check with pharmacy to make sure that there's going to be no chance of overdose. I'm like, well, you can't overdose on cannabis anyway. (laughs) Um, And the very fact that you want me to stop consuming cannabis so I can consume your cannabis, uh, it just highlights the hypocrisy and how little these medics care because they don't care. Yeah. Um, if they cared, and, 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 and somebody, well, in fact, a doctor said to me this, said this to me the other day, there are three types of medics, those that genuinely care, those that have got a really good aptitude for learning and those that have got a God complex. Mm. And that just about sums it up, doesn't it, really? It does. Uh, 
and it's mm, luck of the draw who you get in your corner. Um, I don't know how how aware you are of the current situation in the United Kingdom, um, but it's uh, the hypocrisy is is laughable. Um, government ministers and families of government ministers continue to profit off the sale of cannabis while uh, men, women and children continue to die without being given a chance. Um, because that's all I refer to cannabis as is a chance. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, everybody's unique as their endocannabinoid system. So what worked for you, Corey, might not necessarily work for me or another person. There's definitely similarities. There's too many similarities not to acknowledge it. Um, there's thousands, millions of people all over the world that benefit from access to cannabis, but the cannabis in the UK, that special cannabis that we have here that's different to everywhere else in the world, is bad for you, uh, and unless the government grow up, and then it's fine. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's... I call it the great cannabis grab of 2019. And it's horrible to see that now organizations and individuals are just jockeying themselves into positions where they think they're going to make money out of the cannabis rush when it comes, the great green rush. Unfortunately, these people are just screwing everyone else to, to, to get their position at the table. And, I don't understand why they don't realize that there's money to be made for everyone. Chris, uh, Chris, where do you, given your condition, where do you see yourself five years from now? I don't know, Ian. I don't, I try not to think about where I'm going to be this time next week, to be perfectly honest. Do you know one thing uh, that you've, you're very lucky that you have, uh, you have a wonderful wife. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, she's, she's my world. Uh, she does everything. All I have to do is basically get up in the mornings and medicate. Um, mm-hmm. she, she takes care of everything else, which is a massive, massive, massive burden off my shoulders. I'm, I'm so lucky and I, I'm blessed and I know how blessed I am mm-hmm. that I've got someone in my corner that will fight with me. Um, I do appreciate that not everybody has that. Uh, so I, I, I don't, to answer your question, Ian, I don't know where I'm going to be in five years, my friend. I've, I'd, I'd like to think that I'd be sat at my kitchen table smoking spliffs. Well, we uh, could, we could interview you five years, five, five years. years today, Chris. Let's make that a goal. Yeah, we'll make that a date, Corey. We'll make that <laughs> okay. a date. Uh, and July you know of twenty twenty four. I'll be. How old will I be then? Fifty four. How old will you be, Ian? None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just how trying to keep the conversation you? going. Come how on. Old, how old will you be, Corey? Old enough. Thirty seven. <laughs> if I did yeah, the calculations absolutely. right, Thir- oh, maybe thirty eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say must be thirty eight. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, it's, it's been, it's been, yeah, Ian, sorry to cut you off. That's okay. 
yeah, it's been a pleasure as always, my friend. Yeah, it's to chat, it's to, 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 to chat to you. It's great, uh, great to talk to you again, and we'll keep in touch, and we'll keep chatting. And, yeah, you uh, still, you, you still owe me. If I ever get to Canada, you still owe me uh, a spliff. So I will come and get it one day. Well, I'll be in Amsterdam in August, so you can just hop over there. Oh, is, is Mark? Is, are you going to meet up with Mark? I'm going to meet up with Mark. That's right. We're going to meet uh, in Antwerp. And they're just leaving me behind, but, you know, don't yeah. worry about me. <laughs> oh, Corey, I, I mean, I see your pictures. You don't do, you don't do badly for travel. I you know, know, I know. You collect, you, you collect those air vials. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, yeah. great, well, great to talk to you again. Lovely to speak to you, Ian. Corey, lovely to speak to you. Pleasure as always. Yeah, big hugs to you, Chris. Take good care. Yeah, big hugs to both of you. And just keep doing... I'm so glad you're back on the air. Uh, The podcast... I know the podcasts have been a great comfort to lots of lots of people. I always push them. I always push them. And do you know what? Mark does a sterling job of collating all the information as well. So I'm just... Mm -hmm. So pleased I can be part of it again. Okay, great. Thank you. Appreciate your comments. Thanks, Chris. Speak to you both soon. Take care. And uh, that's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. We'd like to say a big thank you to Ron Zarr of Rowan Sound here in Victoria, our producer, who has generously donated his studio so we can bring these podcasts to you. And uh, Ron, we thank you very, very much. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Kenna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Kenna podcasters right here on Pod. Connects, and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.